good, everybody. Welcome to The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. This is episode number 28. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. Happy to be alongside, as always, RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. What's up, RJ? Stats, what up? It's always great to see your beautiful, bright, shining face, hear your beautiful baritone voice, be in the presence of an illustrious person of your stature. I never get tired of it. I mean, Rob Stats Guerrero, ladies and gentlemen. Seriously. I mean... Think about how lucky all of us are, Stats. Take a second. Breathe it in. <laughs> um, I want to get things started um, appropriately with a review on the SB Nation NFL show. We always encourage people to subscribe, leave a rating, and write a review uh, that is about the daily kickoff. I think we should kick things off with a review about the kickoff. Now, uh, the kickoff duties are you know, generally something that... You know, you and I used to share. Uh, Pete Sweeney wanted in on that action. So, you know, we let him have hump day and whatnot. Uh, But the review is a five-star review from Andy from Connecticut, your neck of the woods stats. It is titled Daily Kickoff, and it says, I love the Daily Kickoff show. I listen to it every day now. Informative overview. And then in parentheses, although I wish the host would stop the singing. Now, um, I listen to the Daily Kickoffs every day. Never heard you sing. Never heard Pete Sweeney sing. So I kind of feel like this is a personal attack. Just being honest here. Andy, your check's in the mail. <laughs> I mean, you know, the singing is for effect. All right. We're, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. We're not all here to just, you know, read stats. Come on. We want pizzazz. We want funk. We want, you know, the good times. And the good times are here to stay, stats. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Maybe maybe next time it's not a song. Maybe next time it's a limerick or a poem of some sort. <laughs> limerick? What are you, Peter King with the adieu haiku? Potentially. Hey, I mean, it's – and I do Mondays and Fridays. And, like, it's Friday. You know, like, you, you can't, like, show up to Friday not ready to sing your heart out. I mean, good. I feel like Tracy Turnblad walking into Baltimore in the morning. I mean, haven't we suffered enough throughout the week? We're just trying to get to the weekend. We got to deal with your singing voice. Hey, Stats, look, I will fully acknowledge that I don't have a great singing voice. My wife does. I was on the drum line in high school, and you know what they say about drummers, those who can't sing, drum. Also, what they say about drummers is uh, there's a secret rule that if you are on the drum line in high school, you are obligated to tell anybody for the rest of your life that you were on the drum line in high school. So that was my, my two cents there. You've done your duty. You should feel mm-hmm. good. Yeah, well, Happy New Year, by the way, Stats. I was getting to that. Yes, it is Happy New Year because today is the first day of the NFL League year. It is amazing that all these teams got all these deals worked out in two days, huh? Like, they weren't talking before Monday, right? That's when illegal tampering began, but somehow they have hammered it out. So congrats to them. It's really uh, impressive work, obviously efficient work, um, obviously honorable work. So congratulations to the NFL. Um, Just an upstanding, outstanding, instanding, overstanding, all standing organization. Um, not quite on par with Rob Stats Guerrero, but certainly uh, in the same stratosphere, I would say. So you had the idea, I want to give you credit slash blame for this, uh, to do some New Year's resolutions since it's the new league year. I kind of liked it. You seem fired up about it. I'm very excited. I've got some. I want to let you get to yours. Who's first on your list? Well, here's the thing. Uh, I have been inspired for this themed episode of The Look Ahead, although really every episode of The Look Ahead is themed, which is not the same thing I could say for the other show you do here at the (laughs) SB Nation NFL. It's just kind of a normal Tuesday afternoon, whatever. Uh, Either way, what I was inspired by 
took place on January 7th, 1999. And in true look ahead fashion, the person that goes first is the person who gets credit for a trivia question. And so I'm going to ask you a trivia question. And if you get it right, you get to give me one of your resolutions first. If not, I'm going to lay out the principal foundation for mine. Right. OK, so January 7th, 1999 was a Thursday. It was the Thursday before the divisional round weekend of the NFL playoffs. This is the 1998 NFL season. Who were the four teams that won during the 1998 divisional round? I have no idea. Your name is Stats. Come on. Yeah, see, I'm so tired of everybody using that as an excuse to rip me for not knowing every single piece of trivia. You know how I got the nickname? Do you have any idea? I mean, I, I know the general origin, but I haven't seen the like origin story movie. I came in and I watched the second movie. It's like Spider-Man Homecoming. Like we didn't need the origin <laughs> story for you. You know what I mean? My first job as an intern at ESPN Radio was sitting in a studio, in the radio studio during college game day, handing stats that I've read off the TV screens in the studio to the hosts on the air to support what they were saying. And some producer walked by the studio, which was all windows, and said, who's that kid in there? And somebody else replied, I don't know, stats, because that was they didn't know my name. He just knew my job. And that's it. No one ever used my real name at ESPN Radio ever again. So it's not because I know a bunch of stuff. It's just because that's what my job was back in the day. Mm, I'm going to start calling you stall because that's all you're doing is stalling here. All right. Give me give me a guess. The four teams that won Uh, 1998 divisional round weekend. Cowboys. Wrong. Okay, I'm out. So you go first. The uh, well, I just want to let you know, and I I think you're going to be bummed, maybe bummed that you didn't get this correct. The AFC winners, the Denver Broncos beat the Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah, I should have known that. And the New York Jets beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Obviously, the Broncos would go on to beat the Jets and Mm -hmm. go on to win the Super Bowl, which means that they would go on to beat the Atlanta Falcons, who defeated your beloved San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, Garrison Hurst got hurt in that game early on. That was beginning of the end. The other side of that coin, the Minnesota Vikings beat the Arizona Cardinals. So, you know. You had you set up for a, a Falcons-Vikings memorable NFC championship game. And, of course, uh, who could ever, you know, forget Broncos-Jets. But um, so congratulations to me for stumping the all-knowing stats. Anyway, uh, so January 7th, 1999 was a Thursday and an episode of a very popular sitcom aired, an episode of Friends. The episode title was because it was January 7th, the one with all the resolutions. I'm sure you've seen this episode. All of the friends, all of the gang, uh, they each come up with a resolution, something that they're going to do because the new year has come. And the whole episode is about them trying to figure their way out throughout it. Now, I have been inspired by each of them. And so I will let you pick the friend and I will tell you the resolution that I have for them and how it correlates to the NFL. All right, let's go with Chandler. He's my favorite. Chandler's resolution in this episode was to go a full week without mocking anyone, probably why he is your favorite. Um, anyway, so this is seemingly, for young Chandler being at the time, season fast, middle of the whole series, um, an impossible task, right? Something that we all know, and he actually, at the end of the episode, uh, can't do it. He ends up paying in the closing credits, whatever. I don't know what that's called. If The cold opens the beginning. I don't, is it like the cold close? Whatever. Uh, anyway, um, to me, the version of this in the NFL this offseason is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because I feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers are trying to go about this impossible task so far, not just in free agents. I guess maybe it all is in free agency, but we're going to bring Ben Roethlisberger back. At the time of this conversation, Juju Smith-Schuster is still out on the open market. 
at the moment of this recording, these are the free agents that the Pittsburgh Steelers have signed. Ray Ray McLeod, Zach Banner, the offensive tackle, BJ Finney, and Cameron Sutton. That's it. This this Sweet. this is a team that really, really, really collapsed down the stretch. Might not even be the second best team in their own division. Might not even be a top five team in their own conference. And they're convinced that, oh, we're going to run it back with Big Ben. It's going to work. It's going to be awesome. One last go. This has, and I'm playing to the host now, uh, 2020 New Orleans Saints written all over it in terms of end result. Not only have they not brought anybody in, but like you said, potentially they're going to lose Juju. They lost Bud Dupree to Tennessee, a team Mm -hmm. they're going to have to contend with in the AFC. I think their division is as tough as it gets in the AFC. The Ravens are going to be good. The Browns, I think, are still going to be good next year. The Bengals, I mean, you would think almost by accident have to be improved because they can't get much worse than they were last year. I agree with you. Like, Pittsburgh has a solid team, but they can't just stand by and do nothing. If you're just counting on a better outcome than what you saw last year because reasons, like, that's not going to get it done. And I know they're not usually huge free agent spenders, but... They should do something at least. Like you, you can't stand by and watch other teams do stuff and not do anything. It's more than that. They're watching everybody else improve. The age-old quote is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again without expecting any results. And like that's what they are. And I think for a while it kind of worked, right? Like for a while it was we draft all these awesome wide receivers, but like that's you know that era is gone, right? Like and and I do. Th- they're in this really awkward position where I don't think they'll bottom out. And that's why I said I think they have 2020 Saints written all over them. That defense is so good. And and that defense is going to trap them. They're, they're going to be stuck there because they're going to – I mean, they're like bottoming out winning like six to seven games. And so they're, they're not going to be in position next year to improve in this capacity. I mean, this is the time – like. I know you don't believe in Jameis Winston speaking of the Saints, but like this was the time to like the point being this was the time to go get that. Like go go get your potential 2022 starter now and figure that out this season in parallel with Ben Roethlisberger riding off into the sunset. So um, an impossible task. Chandler proved uh, he couldn't do it. And Pittsburgh Steelers cannot do this. If I were Pittsburgh, I let Ben go. Adios, Ben Roethlisberger. And I move up in the draft. Let me give up a first round pick in 2022 in maybe 2023. Like make the move. You've got a decent team. If you have a rookie quarterback there, you have, they like Chase Claypool. They like Deontay Johnson. Right. Their defense, like you said, is loaded. Tomlin in his career, I think his worst season ever is eight and eight. Like yep. everything is in place there, which is kind of what they did with Ben. They, they didn't have a horrible team when they, when they drafted Ben Roethlisberger back in the day. But instead, to run it back with him, like, you really think you're beating the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes with what you've got there now? You really think you're going to beat the Chargers and Justin Herbert? Like, I don't see it. No, that's why I don't think they're a top five team in the conference. I would put the Chiefs ahead of them. I would put the Bills. You mentioned the Titans. The Chargers are certainly flirting with the line. I think I think the, the flirtation is the Chargers, the, the Browns, the... The Ravens, the Patriots are obviously booming back a little bit. I mean, who knows what the Dolphins are going to look like? Um, I mean, the, the Colts, if Carson Wentz gets his act together, I mean, the, I, I don't think that it's like a guarantee. My last point on them is, and you have said this before, fine, don't trade up in the draft. Trade for Sam Darnold. Like, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, go get your Jameis Winston in this, like, your project, your, you know what I mean? Your, your secondary kind of motion that you have so that when the, like, 
it's not just that like the Ben shoe is going to drop. They have literally announced, right? Like the shoe is on its way down. So prepare <laughs> for it. Like, and, and so, um, it, yeah, at least they got compared to Chandler, though, the best friend. I agree with you. They did get Dwayne Haskins. Is, uh, could they argue that's, that that's, that's their Darnold type move? I, I would, I think I would rather have Sam Darnold. Like I'm less out on him and I'm more willing to ascribe Sam Darnold's faults to the culture and the situation around him versus, you know, Dwayne Haskins kind of created the problems that he had for himself in Washington. Um, but I suppose that that's fair. Um, but still, I mean, that like there was a reason to believe that Sean Payton could resuscitate Jameis Winston, right? I think there's a reason to believe that that Pittsburgh and the culture of that team can resuscitate Sam Darnold. Dwayne Haskins, I think, might be might be too impossible of a task. I could just picture Darnold in that uniform. I don't know I why, but for some reason, like that's a really easy thing for me to pop into my head. Uh, I agree with you on Pittsburgh 100. percent um, I want to go to my first resolution now, and it's it's to stop doubting the free agent spenders because I was a guy who laughed at all these teams that spend all this money in free agency, and I was turned around on this because, and I, I don't want to take credit for this research. I didn't do it. I saw this from Lewis Riddick on Twitter. Do you know, RJ, that the top five quote-unquote winners of free agency, the teams that spent the most money in free agency – improved the following season by an average of five wins. So you go back. The Dolphins last year improved by five wins. They spent the most in free agency. 2019, it was the Jets. They improved by three wins. 2018, it was the Bears. They improved by seven wins. 2017 was the Jags, also seven-win improvement. And in 2016, it was the Giants, a five-year improvement. So I'm going to stop laughing at these teams because it does seemingly work. And this year, it looks like it's going to be the Patriots, by the way, who have added a ton. And I'm not going to doubt them anymore. My resolution is to be nicer to the big spenders in free agency. And I think New England's going to come roaring back in 2021. So I'll go ahead and tie my second friend into this because it just works. So good job by you. Stats has not seen my list. Like he saw the stat sheets on college game day, big time guy over here. Uh, But um, I have been told, I don't know if you see this stats. I know this is a podcast, but I've been told basically since I was like 13 that I look like Ross from friends. I get that all the time. Um, And so the stats is kind of sizing me up now. Yeah, you see it, don't you? I know. (laughs) If you had longer Uh, hair, yeah, I could kind of see it. Yeah, it's like look up season one, David Schwimmer, and and you'll you'll totally get it. But anyway, um, Ross's resolution in that episode is to try something new every day. That's that's his whole kick. It's kind of like the original version of that Yes Man movie with Jim Carrey. Um, so he, he wants to try something new every day, gets a pair of leather pants, and he asks this woman on a date <laughs> and everything. Um, and that's the New England Patriots. Like, to, to your point, I think it's fair to stop doubting that, like, in general. The Denver Broncos won a Super Bowl that way. The Philadelphia Eagles kind of won a Super Bowl that way. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars were a game away from beating the Eagles in, in the Super Bowl. And so... But beyond that, the Patriots are like, we're going to try something new. You know, we, we this didn't work. Cool. Let's we, we took a year off. The year's worth of <laughs> Ross that same season took a sabbatical from work. Uh, the Patriots took a sabbatical from legitimate competition in the NFL last year. <laughs> and, so, and so, like, I, I am I am terrified of this honestly like i really am like and people are like oh johnu smith yeah dude bill bill belichick spent all this money on johnu smith like bill belichick made 
that the player that he was not going to lose. Like, you know how every year when like something happens in the NFL and like people would be like, oh, buy shares of, of him in fantasy. Like he, he's going to get all that's the easiest stone cold lock of all time, because Bill Belichick would not go all in like that unless he had a legitimate plan. And I know it's super easy to like make the football comps to Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, but I loved when you guys said Tom Kieran on and, and it was like, Oh yeah, well they didn't sign Hunter Henry. That was so awesome. And then, like, <laughs> then it happened. I, I am fascinated for this because I honestly, and I thought you made such a great point. I don't really listen to the, you know, to the podcast, whatever, but uh, in that, you know, Bill Belichick did not get to pick his team or his situation. And now he just did. And so this really feels like he has built a monster in the image that he designed. And I, I, I'm, I think that Cam is kind of low key, like whatever the odds are for Cam Newton for MVP right now, I think they're worth it. I think they're worth a flyer just, just because I think we have poked the bear. The Patriots are like water, whatever they need to be to fill the shape of the container that they're in. That's what they do. They don't usually spend in free agency. Their roster was as bad as it's been in 20 years last year. So what do they do? They go out and they start spending like drunken sailors. And that's what they're doing. And I kind of, I I think I understand the vision here. I think Bill looks at it like, okay, we got Cam, who had 12 rushing touchdowns last year. Let's get Jonu Smith. Let's get Hunter Henry. We'll sit up in 12 personnel. I brought in Aguilar, who's going to be the guy that we try to get chunk plays with down the field. We brought in Kendrick Bourne, who you ridiculed on this show. He's going to be their chain mover on the outside. And I think they are just going to try and bludgeon people up and down the field. You know, everybody's going to the to the spread it out scheme. The Patriots always zig when other people are zagging or zag when other people are zigging, whatever the Z word is. They do the opposite. I think that's the plan here with New England. And I have to say, I kind of like it. I agree with that so much. And I, I thought that was another great point you made on the podcast. And I th- BLG's right, right? Like the the NFL is this pass happy. You need, you're playing nickel all the time. You got five DBs on the field because you need runners and sprinters to compete with all the wide receivers. And so I think Bill Belichick's saying, oh, all the defenses are super small. Let's just beat them up. Like, <laughs> let's just beat them up. I, I once called a high school football game in San Antonio uh, that, that Cal Allen played in. I don't know if you've ever heard of their football program, but but Phil Danaher is the head coach there. He's won more games in the history of Texas high school football than anybody. I've never seen anything like this before. They never passed the ball. Not, not, a, <laughs> not, not a single time. And th- this was in like 2018. Dude, they won like 63 to 3. I mean, it was... They were a machine, and I really think that that is what has happened here. And I I think we're going to make a lot about this, rightfully so, but the opt-outs they had last year were insane. I mean, like even the quality of players. And so the the positive regression is about to kick in New England style. And, man, I and as a big-time Bills fan, I know you think that's, like, you know, sacrilegious. I'm worried for them because New England's coming. And the thing is, too, like people say, oh, it's a passing league. It's a this kind of league. It's a that kind of league. Yeah, it is now. But it takes a while for the league to make that turn before everybody catches up and says, oh, yeah, it is. And this is how we're building our team. You know who's usually leading that turn? It's Bill Belichick. He was the guy going to Oregon to watch Chip Kelly to see how they do the hurry up offense. And he's the one that brought it in. Well, he and Brady, of course, brought it into the NFL to do that. He's the one that went to study the pistol formation. Like he's always ahead of the trend. And I wonder if he has seen the NFL make the turn. And so now he's going to go back to the old school 
grind you into the dirt. I mean, don't forget who Bill Belichick is, right? He's a Parcells guy. Parcells was a grinded it, a grinded out kind of a coach. I wouldn't be stunned if Bill says, let's let's give this a shot and let's show these dudes I know how to play ball. I agree with you, Stats. So I have now gone through two of my six friends. You've only given one resolution and you happily married it into my second one. So what's your what's your next? I thought you were going to have these resolutions like hit the gym. So I'm surprised to see that they're actually cooler than that. You shouldn't be. Don't you know me by now? <laughs> That's true. That's my opinion. Now, as I give this one's going to play right into what you just said, because my next one's for the Baltimore Ravens. And it's pretty simple. Like work harder, Like do something you need to get Lamar Jackson some weapons. You have to. And what have you done right now? You brought in two players. One, Kevin Zeitler, a guard. Fine, that's good. You can always have good offensive linemen. The Ravens run the ball a lot. Like, awesome. And the other is you traded for Josh Oliver, who's an athletic tight end. But, like, do the Ravens know you can have good players at other positions other than tight end? That's all they do is, is acquire tight ends. Like, give Lamar some help. When you have a franchise quarterback, Part of your responsibility is to keep that dude happy, especially around contract time, by the way. How is this keeping Lamar Jackson health, uh, happy? Like, what is it about your team that's going to keep him happy there? They're, they're leaving him out to dry a little bit. I agree with this 100%, which is why I think the, the Browns are winning free agency as far as that division is concerned. Um, you know, we've already poo-pooed half of the teams. But the other thing is, I agree with everything you said, but you are literally operating in quarterback contract nirvana right now that like the, the, the hourglass is, is, you know, moving quickly. All right. Ravens, like you're already at the point where you can extend Lamar Jackson. He's got an MVP on his mantle. Like, yes, the national conversation is very different, you know, this year than it was this time last year. But I mean, like he's going to command an inordinate amount of money because of everything that he has accomplished to this point. And so like you are about to have wasted his rookie contract before he got to the point that now he's going to absorb all this money against your salary cap. And so like, I get that maybe you're not pumped about Kenny Galladay. Maybe you're not pumped about Juju Smith-Schuster, whatever the case may be. Well, get pumped, do like work, <laughs> like find a way to get pumped because like, I love Hollywood Brown, but, and like, maybe, maybe the plan is like, we'll just draft somebody. Well, guess what? Like you can't just rely on that, you know? And, and I, this is so strange. Like, living in this reality where we don't trust the Ravens like method of team building. You know what I mean? Like they've always been this team that you could kind of just set your watch by that. They would handle things. They would be smart. They would be efficient, but this is just, it's not even chasing their tail. It's, it's chasing the car. That's like, you know, coming down the street and leaving you hanging. No, I think it might be hurting them in this case. Cause you talk about that team building. I feel like the Ravens love that article that comes out every year about how they're so good at using the compensatory pick formula to get all these compensatory picks. That's great. Those are third round picks, which are not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but it's kind of the same thing I've been saying about the 49ers. There are times to rely on your system and your process for team building And there are times when in order to get over the hump, you have to go outside of that and make a play. And I feel like the Ravens are not doing it. And we see it time after time in the offseason, like the best things the Ravens do can't be making rules proposals. Like Mm. it should be guys you bring in. Come on, Baltimore, do it. You know, Lamar Jackson has clearly been bothered by the whole he's not really a quarterback, you know, not bad for a running back thing. Well, part of that is because he doesn't have any help around him. Like, event that's going to wear on him. Get him some help and see what he can do. Look at the other elite quarterbacks in the AFC. 
Patrick Mahomes, from the moment that he cemented himself, all the Chiefs have done is do what they can to like supplement him offensively from a skilled player standpoint. Josh Allen, I love the Bills going after Emmanuel Sanders. I love, love it. it. I love I love that they're just like, you know what? We'll take him. You know, we'll do anything we can to make him better. And I like Ryan Tannehill doesn't qualify for this. I'd like a fight in Texas Aggie respect, but you know, you get the point. The Colts have still not done what we've suggested and gone and helped Carson Wentz, but still the point be and like look, we just talked about the Patriots like you know okay help your quarterback out like quit quit putting it all on Lamar and you know what like in not having these wide receivers you're you're you are creating the situation where he has to be that guy that all these people keep saying that he is if you give him the weapons to air it out then all of a sudden like your whole offensive game plan changes so it's it's very frustrating and very puzzling I don't understand it I like we all see it. That's the weird thing. I don't know if like they're too close to the situation. I, I know he led the league in touchdown passes without like stud players. Right. But as I've said, other other spots like Greg Roman is really good at coming up with a system that kind of takes the league by surprise. But that only lasts for a year. And then you need some playmakers to help compensate for that. And Baltimore doesn't have any. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, stats. Um, I'm up to a third friend. I want you to, to pick again. Chandler's off the board. Ross is off the board. Which friend and resolution do you want to hear next? Let's go with my least favorite friend, Phoebe Buffet. Oh, wow. I feel like that's a pretty common opinion, though, honestly. Yeah, it's not a close. Um, I actually have a request that you save Rachel for last because it, it would work well. <laughs> for the point. So, All right. Um, so Phoebe's fine. Phoebe's resolution in this episode is to learn how to fly a plane. Um, obviously, incredibly impractical. Like Chandler's resolution is impossible, but it is still within the realm of practicality. Phoebe's not going to learn how to fly a plane. It's this big old thing, whatever. I feel like this really equates to the Arizona Cardinals. This <laughs> this thing you're doing, <laughs> like it's it's impractical. You know, like you're not fooling anybody. You're bringing all these big names and I get it, like, I, and I think that Arizona sports are hot right now. Like the Suns are this great story. And so I just, you know, cool, man. You, you're you going to be on Monday Night Football twice. Cool. You got that. <laughs> uh, but like other than that, like the A.J. Green thing really bummed me out for them. Like, And I, I thought you bagged on them a lot for the J.J. Watt thing. Um, but I'm I'm more of a believer in that idea than I was at the time of that signing specifically. I mean, if the Cardinals were playing in 2017, they'd be awesome. But it's going to be 2021 this year, like or it is 2021. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, A.J. Green, like, basically, you've just replaced Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald's a free agent for the first time ever. You just replaced the ghost of Larry Fitzgerald with the ghost of A.J. Green. Like, congratulations. Yeah, and I don't think that either of us think – I mean, we'll see. Maybe we're both wrong, if you agree with me. Like, I don't think Larry Fitzgerald's playing anywhere that isn't in Arizona this year, right? Like, that just seems impossible, especially with the hype surrounding them. You know, like, he's got a, he's got a Drew Brees Saint – like, the 2020 Saints are very topical today. But he's got to come back the way Drew did for, for New Orleans last year. And so, like, okay, cool. Like, at any point in time, if that happens – and, 
like say you're running 11 personnel and you are devoting two of your three wide receiver spots in 2021 to Larry Fitzgerald and AJ Green, you are doing something incredibly wrong. And this isn't the same, but it's similar to the Ravens in that like you are operating on Kyler Murray's rookie deal. Like, why are you, you know, wasting? This is just treading water. Like that that's all it is. Go and and you now play in a division that got more competitive within the Rams. The 49ers are cute, you know, whatever. And the Seahawks, <laughs> I know that the Russell Wilson stuff kind of got squashed a little bit, but like you have a chance. Like, take it. You know, like you're clearly down to get wild with JJ Watt. I just this this felt like a backwards move to me in, in terms of their disposition. They made a good move by trading for Rodney Hudson, the center. I love right. it. You're helping Kyler Murray out. That's a smart move. That's a good move by the Cardinals. But if you're going to go get a wide receiver, why not make a super strong push for Curtis Samuel before he signed with Washington? Totally. Or Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, something like that. To, to say A.J. Green is your guy and then to count on, I mean, what's the what's the argument going to be? Well, we think he's better than the dude that we've seen on film for the past two years. We think basically that he was so checked out on Cincinnati that he's actually going to be better with us. That's not really what I want to bank on. Like you said, when time is of the essence, ticking away on Kyler Murray's rookie deal. They have one of my favorite wide receivers uh, that has kind of been in the NFL draft process and Andy Isabella. And what AJ Green represents it, not only that he's just and, and I I love AJ Green, but like facts are facts at this point. He's slower than Andy Isabella, and that's like the worst possible thing in Cliff Kingsbury's offense here. But he like players like that are nothing but progress stoppers. That's all they are. And like they're just wasting time. They're you're wasting you're wasting snaps, you're wasting progress, you're wasting potential for whether it be Andy Isabella or Christian Kirk, whatever the case may be, because now, like, now your, like, average fan is like, we've got A.J. Green, what are you doing? Like, I'd, I wouldn't be stunned if he doesn't make the team. Like, because there, there is always that, like, average, this is like Reggie Wayne going to New England to me. Yeah, it could very well be. And by the way, Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime don't exactly have a ton of job security in there, especially Steve Kime. I mean, the guy, in addition to putting together subpar rosters, has had legal issues outside of football. So, you know, your job security is kind of on the line here, and you're pinning it to A.J. Green? Okay. Also, in terms of just footballness here, one of the biggest mistakes he's made so far was letting Tyron Matthew walk. Obviously proved him wrong. And Bruce Arians retired, so not totally his fault, but, like, Byron Leftwich left. Todd Bowles left. Like you had this, you know, I've I've hated on Bruce Arians more than anybody, but you you had this like treasure chest of of coaches on your staff. They, like honestly, you know how people look at that Washington staff that had Kyle Shanahan and, and Sean McVay and 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 uh, uh, I mean, I, whatever you get the point. This is that. Like like <laughs> like it really. I, I know they're all in Tampa right now, but like this is that honestly. And so like it it is. It's it's a weird thing. It's not a huge gamble, but it's a weird thing to devote any level of resource to in 2021. Very strange. Uh, as a Niner fan, I love it. Keep it up, Arizona. One less thing to worry about for me. All right, my last resolution that I have, RJ, is the Chicago Bears. And it's quite simple. Think outside the box. Like, you mentioned the Russell Wilson stuff. I just want to... Let me give you my sort of summary of the situation. You tell me if I'm wrong. As I understand it, 
Ryan Pace and John Schneider met in Fargo, I assume at the Trey Lance Pro Day, because otherwise, why in the hell would they be in Fargo? (laughs) Sure. And started negotiations on a trade for Russell Wilson. Like you had the ear of John Schneider, the guy who could potentially move one of the best players at the most important position in the NFL. A position that you have been like searching for an answer for, for basically your franchise's entire existence. And you, you let him walk away. You don't get the deal done. Now, even if, as they said, that Schneider took the deal to Pete Carroll and Pete Carroll said, no, ultimately. Okay, even if you've done everything possible to try and get Russell Wilson from the Seahawks and they just say, look, your deal is great, but we're not moving him. That's one thing. But to then go and sign Andy Dalton for one year and $10 million, like, what are you doing? You've already established that you are willing to trade multiple first round picks to get a quarterback. Why would you go to Andy Dalton if you called up? The Jets and said, we want Sam Darnold. I know for a fact you could get Sam Darnold for less than two first round picks. Or how about the Browns? Maybe the Browns are willing to move Baker Mayfield. They haven't even said that they're going to pick up his fifth year option for two first round picks. You think you could get Baker Mayfield? I would make the phone call. Same thing with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. Same thing with Derek Carr in Las Vegas. And honestly, I would even call up the Minnesota Vikings. Like you have already established that you are willing to move picks, a lot of picks, to get a quarterback. Why would you say Russell Wilson or Andy Dalton? That doesn't make any sense to me, especially like we talked about with Arizona. Your jobs are on the line in Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. So to me, um, something my wife and I like to put on television when we're like accomplishing a task or something that, you know, we can't really like totally pay attention is Shark Tank. And this is like, this is the moment, right? Like you, you get in and like what I think is so dumb is like when somebody walks in, they're like, we're looking for X, you know, percent of investment for Y percent of our company. And then like they get that offer and then they like think about it. It's like, that's literally what you came here looking for. Like, you know what right. I mean? Um, and so to your point, like, I don't know how you get in a room and and not offer whatever it takes. It's it's that's a true blank check situation. You want another first round pick? Cool. Yeah, like we'll we'll make it happen. And so you're right, like Pete Carroll vetoing it. And like that thing is like this is a really bad look for the bears that this gets out. Cause now like, you know what I mean? Like this, this makes you look like the dysfunctional franchise that everyone paints the bears out to be the desperate, you know, team looking for a quarterback. I, I agree with you. I think all those, I, I was going to say Minnesota. So you and I are on the same wavelength right now. Also like don't give up on Deshaun. I mean, it, I, and I know that there are things going on there, but but the football of it all, if if you have vetted that and you believe the football of it all is is going to be okay, don't give up. And I don't know that, that signing Andy Dalton precludes them from anything. What I will say to that point, though, is like, if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to establish an emergency option, which maybe that's what Andy Dalton is, just run it back with Nick Foles. You know what I mean? Like in, in signing and, and maybe the, maybe the teams don't care as much as PR as, as we would like to believe, obviously, but like in signing Andy Dalton, all you're doing is hitting the recycle button on all of this conversation, because it, it is that it makes it look like you believe Andy is the answer over Kirk or, or, or over Nick, excuse me, over Mitchell Trubisky. It's, it's a really bad look for the bears. And I hate that this offer is out there. Oh, we tried to give up three ones, a third. Well, first of all, why didn't you try to give up three ones in a second? 
at right. two defenses. <laughs> like, why did you stop at a third? The second John Schneider agrees to talk to you, he's admitted he's willing to trade Russell Wilson. Why would you ever stop just to keep improving the offer? But I don't like that the offer is out there because, you know, the Seahawks didn't put it out there. I think the Bears put it out there because you know what this is? This is we tried. That's what that is. Mm. They're trying to tell their fans we tried. And as a dude that roots for the Seattle Mariners, who have the longest playoff drought in North American professional sports, you know what I really hate hearing? We tried. Who gives a shit that you tried? Everybody tries. All 32 teams are trying. The Chiefs tried to win a Super Bowl. But guess what? They didn't. The Buccaneers did. I don't care that you're trying. That's what the money's for. You're supposed to try. I want you to actually do. And the Bears didn't do. Instead, they spent time trying to spin the story and work on their PR by putting this bogus offer out there. Do you use the Mariners on MLB The Show? Or do you use somebody else? Well, I couldn't play MLB The Show because it but was we've PlayStation talked about exclusive. Right, right. But in, in, in a... In a perfect world, which has now been established, where you can play MLB The Show, are you a Mariners guy or do you bounce around? No, no, no. I always always start with my team. Okay. And I, I like to team build, so the Mariners have been perfect because they've been a dumpster fire for a quarter of my life. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, this is bad. I think I would actually think it's worse if the Bears were the team that leaked it, right? Like, it's, it's actually a little understandable if the Seahawks leak it to maybe make Russell feel good or maybe like as a threat, like, Hey dude, we're checking this out. Like you, or you set the price. Right. Um, but I don't know. I feel badly. Cause I, I want to root for Andy Dalton to succeed in Chicago as a Cowboys. Do you know the bears have been around for 101 years. Do you know the record for touchdown passes by a bears quarterback in a season? It's like 27, something like that. It's 29. By Eric Kramer a quarter century ago in 1995. They have never in their history had a quarterback throw for 30 touchdowns in a season. How is that possible? It is uh, It is the Bears' way. Like, you know how there are teams that, like, like people think the Cowboys are, are continually trying to build, like, the 90s Cowboys teams, like, run the ball and, and win that way. The Bears are, like, accidentally like forcing themselves to have to do that, right? Like, we'll just play a late defense. Like, like and we'll they just... usually do have a good defense. Yeah. It's um, like those 06 bears. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just, it's a shame. Uh, it really is. Um, okay. Stats. I have two more friends before I get to my Rachel green finale. Um, wow. do you, do you want to take a break or do you want to hear them? Or like, what do you want to do here? I'll let you pick. No, we're rolling. Let's go. Okay. Uh, well, Monica or Joey first, because you're done. So we're going to roll through these like back to back to back. Let's go with, give me Monica. Okay. This one's kind of quick. So good job here. Uh, Monica's resolution in this episode is to take more pictures. Kind of the lamest resolution of everybody. Uh, <laughs> so kind of? um, I mean, like consider this episode aired on January 7th, 1999. So, like, at the time, physical pictures are still, like, a household commodity, something right, that people right. value a lot. Um, so, anyway, uh, back to, you know, 22 years later. Um, she's taking photos everywhere. To me, this is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trying to hold on, trying to make the mm. memories last, trying to keep the good times rolling. Um, I told you this would be fast, so good for you. Uh, but in that sense, I applaud the Buccaneers. Just Keep doubling down. Ride it till the wheels fall off or uh, the rudder falls off in this particular case. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, just keep enjoy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I love this. 
You know, you talked about teams needing to maximize their Super Bowl window with with quarterbacks on rookie deals. The Bucks are sort of in the same circumstance, except with a with an ancient quarterback in Tom Brady. Like the sand is running out of the hourglass, like you very aptly said, and they recognize it. They see what they have, and they see that this is just a very limited flash that they are experiencing, and they're all in, and they are going for it. And you know, they might stink afterwards, but if you get two Super Bowls in three years out of it, or you know, two and four years, or whatever, it's worth it. They really are, you know, like when you're running a toothpaste and you've got to like contort the tube, you know what I'm saying? And you you end up having these like weird shapes, but you get some out. Like that's a really satisfying feeling. That's who they are. And I really respect that. Uh, so maybe I know it's TP, but maybe TB stands for Tampa Bay, Tom Brady and toothpaste. You so. got a squeeze from the bottom. You're not a squeeze from the bottom guy. Um, I, I think I generally squeeze from the middle. And then like when the time comes, I squeeze from the bottom. Oh, that's ridiculous. Stats, you're one of those people that has the the little contraption, aren't you? The little clip that like pushes it up. You know what I'm talking about? You're yeah, one of those I have, people. I have two contraptions, RJ. They're called thumbs. <laughs> I don't need a, an additional thing here. We're talking about toothpaste. It's not hard to get out. All right, let's move on to Joey Tribbiani. Um, all right, so <laughs> Joey's uh, resolution in this episode is my favorite of them. I don't know how to do this, but I owned one, so kind of a, a bad look for me. His resolution is to learn how to play the guitar and actually very useful for him as an actor. He actually says, um, you know, those things on the back of my resume he says, I would love if one of them were true. And so <laughs> he's obviously got to play the guitar on his resume as, as an actor. Um, and to me, the embodiment of this team, and this is painful to say as SB nation's foremost Dallas Cowboys expert is the Washington football team. Um, as we sit to record, they are fresh off of signing Curtis Samuel. Um, the Ryan Fitzpatrick signing is whatever. I, I, I believe them that that's probably their starting quarterback, at least for the beginning of the season. I don't know that, that they're maybe done there. I, I would hope for their case now, but I would hope from a Cowboys standpoint that they are. Um, but I am, I am worried as a Cowboys guy because it's, it's kind of happening. Like the football there is kind of getting fixed and that's a really dangerous defense. And now that they're getting like Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin and on the same offense is very not cool um, as far as I am concerned. Um, so I'm not a fan of that, but overall I don't love the Lamar Miller thing, but they kept Brandon Scherf. That wasn't, you know, that wasn't going to ever not be a thing, but they also landed William Jackson. And so, like, the defense also got better. And it got better at a position where I think it's fair to say their biggest threat is the Cowboys, and the Cowboys' biggest threat is their passing game. So what they do, they improved. I mean, like, I love what Washington's doing. Ron Rivera is a just a good coach, man. He's something that they haven't had in Washington. He just gets it. He's maybe not, you know, this elite Super Bowl-winning guy, but he – pieces it together. I mean, the fact that they got Curtis Samuel to come back there, Curtis Samuel is not signing with Washington if Ron Rivera is not the head coach. He's reuniting with his old coach there, not to mention Terry McLaurin. Basically, they're running out the Ohio, the 2014 Ohio State wide receivers. And I, you could almost make an argument that they are the best team in the NFC East. I think that Dak is better than any quarterback Washington is going to have. So I give them the slight edge, but it is close. Washington, I said before they got Samuel that I thought that they were firmly in the running for a wild card spot in the NFC. I'm even more convinced now. I love it. They are making smart moves. I agree on that defense. And you should be worried as a Cowboys fan. 
Something we like to do at BTB every year is is build the best team in, in the NFC East by position groups. So the best offensive line, best quarterback, best running group, best group of pass catchers, best defensive line, linebackers, and secondary. I would take Dak as, as obviously the quarterback of the division, mm-hmm. and I would take the Cowboys pass catchers. That's it. Other than that, like like the running back, fine. If you want to like argue at Saquon Barkley, cool. That doesn't really make that big of a difference here. But like I I would I mean and maybe maybe you still believe that Dallas's offensive line is superior, but I I would still maybe take Washington. I know there's no Trent Williams anymore, but I mean the ultimate point here is I would take their entire defense. I I, I mean <laughs> their in, their entire defense. Like nope nobody no none of the other three teams have a unit like whether it be the defensive line linebackers or secondary that comes close to what Washington has to offer. And and I think the best group in the whole division is their defensive front and a close two is the Cowboys pass catchers. And here's the thing too, with that good of a defense, like they're going to put Fitzpatrick, even if Fitzpatrick has a game where he throws a few picks, their defense is going to hold the other team to field goals or shut them down. And Fitzpatrick is going to have an opportunity at the end of the game to drive down the field and steal a couple. Like that is a, that is a good pairing. I feel like I'm really, really impressed by Washington and I think those two games against the Cowboys could be a big deal in 2021. Well, and the thing is, like, the Cowboys defense is so bad that, like, you've got these two elite route runners and Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. Like, they're going to run all over them. Like, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like, it's it's not going to be like a thing. Um, so they are the Joseph Tribbiani of, uh, of this particular exercise, which leaves us with Rachel Karen Green. Do you remember what her resolution was from the episode? No. Do I remember what one character's resolution was from a Friends episode that aired in 1998? It was 1999, to be clear. Um, And maybe you've seen it since. I'll actually tell on myself here a little bit. I think I told you this. I've been watching Seinfeld for the first time ever, like all the way. I've never seen I've I've never seen all of it. I started it like a few years ago and got maybe to season four. Um, I'm in the middle of season five right now i think i watch you know a couple episodes every other day or so and so i still haven't gotten to the festivus episode uh so like i'm for the first time watching it all the way through and i'm having to face a lot of like you know internal questions about sitcoms i've enjoyed and how much they've completely ripped off of seinfeld but that's a a whole different discussion uh anyway the point being you can re-watch episode stats so excuse me for assuming that at some point in the last 22 years you saw this episode again uh the show was on netflix for like 10 years so that's kind of a, a missed opportunity by you uh but i'll move on and give you a, a mulligan there rachel's uh, uh resolution is to stop gossiping because she is the gossip of the group um and ultimately you've seen the show right you've seen friends yes i'm okay. aware of friends thank you uh so this particular resolution sets up the arc of the next few episodes because she finds out by picking up the phone in in their apartment about Chandler and Monica being a thing. And she runs to tell Joey and he says, no, I don't want to hear it. I'm, I'm keeping a lot of people's secrets. And she's like, what, what secrets? And he says, you're not supposed to be gossiping. And it sets up Joey and Rachel and ultimately Phoebe, you know, getting in the know about this. And then the whole group finds out about Monica and Chandler in the next coming episodes. And then it's a big old celebration, fun times. So, uh, to me, the NFL version of this is what the Houston Texans are doing in free agency <laughs> because it is it is pointless, like her resolution to stop gossiping. These are the players that they have signed stats. I'm just going to read you their names very Take a quickly. deep breath. 
to Rod Taylor, Mark Ingram, Andre Roberts, Farrell Brown, Marcus Cannon, Justin McCray, Justin Britt, Shaq, all, some of these are trades. Shaq Lawson, Derek Rivers, Malik Collins, Camus Gruyere-Hill, who BLG did not mention once ate a lot of crow after losing to the Dallas Cowboys in 2018. Christian Kirksey, <laughs> Terrence Mitchell, Vernon Hargraves, Tavier Thomas, and Terrence Brooks. Um I th- I think this is this is just pointless. Like like her her it's it's not even impractical. It's not even impossible. It's just like nobody's asking you to do this. You know what I mean? Like everyone has already accepted you for who you are. You're the gossip, and it is setting up the next arc of the series. In that this is like the Tarad Taylor signing, especially is setting up the next arc, which is Houston seemingly preparing for life beyond Deshaun Watson. Again, I know that there's some extenuating circumstances going on there. That is, to me, the biggest signal. Like, they could say they're not trading him, but when you go sign Taylor and you give him a contract that pays him up to $12 million a year, that's a signal that you know he's your break glass in case of emergency quarterback. And that is a signal to every other team out there that you know you might have to eventually trade Deshaun Watson. I don't care what they say. Like, what you do matters way more. So they have sent that signal to me. The rest of it, like, I don't care about. Like, there is nothing else that matters with the Houston Texans until they resolve this situation one way or the other. That's it. Like, it is Deshaun, and I don't care about any of that other stuff because none of it matters because if you do have to trade him, now you're back to square one again, and you it doesn't matter that you signed all these dudes, even if they're pretty good. If you don't have the quarterback, it doesn't matter. But it's also like pointless. You know what I mean? Like, and and I think like every Texans fan feels that it's pointless. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 not socks for Christmas. It's just like whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's just we're just, like all the Texans are is just a a, a like a an entity that is just aging. You know, like that's all they do. They're just sitting and aging. That's all that it, time is literally just passing them by. That's it. Like the inevitable is coming for them one way or another. It is amazing to me that they had a team with J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller and Whitney Merciless. And like, they got nothing out of it. Nothing. Like, I always, I can't believe I'm going to mention the Mariners twice in one show. The Mariners are a weird team because you could argue that they had the four greatest players in the history of their team at the same time. And they never even made a World Series. And you could argue that about the Houston Texans as well. Like when you have the greatest players in your franchise's history all playing together and you have nothing to show for it, that is horrible, horrible mismanagement on an epic scale. We've talked a lot in general, but also in this episode about the importance of rookie contracts, right? And how important it is for teams to capitalize when that is the case and to really steer into that because that's that's your best window, especially if you identify that your quarterback is elite early on. And I think back to 2019 when Andrew Luck retires, right? So like all of a sudden, your greatest threat in the division is completely gone while your all-star quarterback is on a rookie contract and you have all of the talent that you just mentioned. I I have no idea how you don't just, I mean, like if there was ever, that is literally the version of like, you're like, you're 10 years old, you're over at a friend's house playing video games and your mom calls and is like, I'm going to be there in five minutes. And you're like, well, okay, I'm just like, screw it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I've had a time. So, like, I've got to win now. And, and they just didn't, you know? And, like, if anything, they accelerated the tearing of themselves apart. It really is fascinating. 
and Luck didn't just retire. He retired during the preseason, like really left the Colts in the complete lurch. You know, they clearly were not expecting that. During the preseason, after the coaching staff had a first full season to kind of get together because they were assembled in this haphazard fashion with the way that Josh McDaniels pulled the rug out from under them. You know what I mean? And like, even they rebuilt faster than, <laughs> than, than Houston. It's astounding. I mean, it, it's an, it's an elite level of failure. That's a good point. Like if you're Chris Ballard, you're like, let me tell you about my tenure so far. <laughs> I hired a coach who picked his entire staff and then bailed on me to go back to New England. And then my potential Hall of Fame quarterback up and pulls the rug out from under us during the preseason when I thought I was going to have him for the next 12 years. And then you know what? I'm still getting to the playoffs. Like he deserves a huge amount of credit. What's more is that the the best coach on their staff that isn't Frank Reich has also been linked to head coaching jobs year in and year out just about from day one. I mean, it's they have faced I, it's it's I, I like think like Chris Bout. How many how many NFL teams? I was thinking about this when when Philip Rivers retired. How many NFL teams have had two quarterbacks retire on them in the span of like two years, three years? And not just like, you know, two like veterans that signed with teams for like the final years of their careers, like two dudes who were coming off of playoff seasons. That's nuts. That's true. I've been a Ballard fan. I didn't like I am even a bigger fan now after coming to that realization. So that is good work by you. I did not know you were linking it to the cast of Friends, but that is that is cool. I like it. I like that. We agree that Chandler is the best character. No love for Phoebe. Phoebe sucks. I mean, look, like there is a least best and it's probably Phoebe, um, but but she's probably. insightful. She's who, in- who else is in the running? Gunther? Wow. I mean, like to say that Phoebe's even like in the running with Gunther is an incredible slight and I will forgive you for it on behalf of Phoebe. Phoebe also technically is two characters because of Ursula. So you're not just sliding one, you're sliding both. I mean, Great. you know, she's the Taysom Hill of the Friends cast. Congratulations. It explains your disdain for her. Wow, it really does. <laughs> what is the the resolution, the New Year's resolution for the look ahead? What is our we got to have a New Year's resolution to take it easier on the other SB Nation NFL shows? Give them a chance. Mm, yours is uh, thinking of others, which is stupid and lame. Mine is all about <laughs> us. Um, I think in, you know, we'll see. Uh, my New Year's resolution for us is to do a not in person, you know, we'll see, but a live show at some point, whether it's like on locker room or something, but like a live version of the look ahead where we can maybe even have some, some look aheaders. Maybe we're calling, calling the brigade here. Um, Lookers ahead. I mean, you know, some, some LAs, I mean, whatever you want to call them, some Lala's we'll figure that out, but yeah, we'll definitely work on that. We, we, we have them as part, they are part of us. We are part of them. We are all the same organism, the, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, metastosis, whatever meiosis is happening all the time here. And so my my resolution for us is a live show of sorts. What the hell did you just say? I don't know. I, <laughs> stats. I just compared NFL free agency to one of the best friends episodes of all time. I think I should walk off on that. Uh, much like the Mariners have had many a walk off in your lifetime. Any opportunity to trash. See, people think you can hurt me by trashing them. You cannot hurt me worse than they have hurt me already. So what if, what if I showed you a photo of Russell Wilson in a Mariners jersey? How much would that hurt you? 
that would be a lot of conflicting emotions happening, but let's not go there. Please, we want to remind you again, rate, review, and subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. You get all our long-form podcasts that we do, plus you get the, the daily, which is your five- to seven-minute update of everything going on in the NFL. Keeps you up to date, everything you need to know while you drink your morning coffee. RJ, good job as always, and we'll talk to you next week.